At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? We are back. We have another incredible episode for you guys. I'm going to get into that, what it is, and what it's all about in a minute. I just pulled up to the supplier, went in to grab some parts, and young kid standing there is just getting into the trade. And he's wearing his mask, and I'm wearing mine. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, I've been binging your podcast lately. And I'm like, wow, that's that's cool, man. I'm like, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I really, really do. And he was telling me which ones he's listening to. And I'm like, yeah, that, that was back in the day when when the sound quality was, wasn't the greatest. When I was trying to learn how to do this podcasting thing. And that makes me appreciate even more is that people are going back and listening to these old podcasts where the sound is, is not the greatest and you can't hear the guests very well because they're dropping out and and, and, and I really got to thank people like that for sticking with it and growing with me through this this whole experience because it was really a growth thing for me uh, to start podcasting. I didn't know how to do it, how I was going to do it, and I've just been kind of learning little things here and there to to produce better content, right? And and I appreciate you guys sticking with me through this, right? And, and it's, it's, very, it's very humbling to me, and I just want to thank you guys because I, I appreciate it a lot. Now, on this podcast, okay, second female guest in a row, we're going to speak to Hannah Daler. She's on Instagram. She goes by at Hannah Does HVAC. Very, very easy to, to remember. And we're going to talk to Hannah, and you're going to tell right away. She's on the ball. She's, uh, she's a smart cookie. She's going places in this industry. You can tell just by talking to her and, and having uh, a short conversation. She's, she's got her, her shit together. She knows what she wants. She knows what she's gunning for. And we're going to learn a lot about Hannah. And she does something that's very, very cool. She does something that I've never heard about before. And you're going to learn about what it is, what she does in her spare time. And it actually involves HVAC in a sort of indirect way as well. So we're going to get to Hannah right now. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Hannah, how are you? I'm doing great, Gary. How about yourself? Good. I'm I'm actually doing well. I was actually tired today. I was I was like dragging my feet, and then I realized it was like two mm -hmm. o'clock, and I'm like I haven't even eaten yet. So <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I went down and I got a. Uh, I got to admit, I've been on this kind of like kick where I haven't been so healthy these days. Like I've mm -hmm. been eating a lot of burgers and hot dogs and mm -hmm. beer. 
And today I'm like, you know what? The last couple of days I've been trying to get back into the swing of being healthy again. So I went down and I got like, uh, there's this little restaurant where I was working called Freshy and they make like healthy burritos. And, and I grabbed one of those and I was like, oh, this, this tastes so good. So <laughs> it was awesome. That's sweet. I've been cooking at home a lot lately. I just moved into a new house with a uh, new roommate and, um, we uh, discovered after moving in that she hates cooking and I love cooking. So I've been uh, cooking fresh fish and stuff every night and it's been great. It's uh, quite the change. Pretty much all summer so far, I've been getting fast food every day. So it makes quite the yeah, difference. The, 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 the fast food thing, the fast food thing is a killer for this, mm-hmm. the people in this trade because it's just so easy when you leave that call, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. Let's go through the drive through Let's get a burger, fries and whatever, a milkshake. And, and mm-hmm. be on our way, right? It's just, yeah, it's just so easy. Put you in a food coma and, and then you feel like crap the next day. And yeah, so I'm trying to eat at home and, you know, pack before I go. And that makes a huge difference to me. That's good. That's, mm-hmm. that's the way, that's really the way to do it. Just yeah. kind of do some meal prep. And I mean, for me, I, it's really difficult. I find to do that because by the time I get home, I got three kids, we eat dinner, we clean up, they want to hang out. And then like, by the time like nine o'clock rolls around, I have very little energy left in me to start prepping a meal right. busy, busy, so busy. for the next day. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I find it very challenging and I'm sure a lot of techs in that boat that have a really busy life with children that go to extracurricular activities and stuff. So, I mean, do you, do you have any kids yet or no? I actually don't. I'm not okay. married. I don't have any kids and I don't know that I ever plan to. Um, it's, I really respect technicians that are able to juggle, uh, this crazy lifestyle and, uh, family life at home too, because it can be really tough. And I've heard plenty of horror stories about, you know, marriage is being tough and it being tough on your kids, you know, not being home in the summertime. So I think it takes, you know, almost double the the work ethic to be able to juggle that. And I applaud technicians that are able to do that. And uh, I think because of that, I'll probably uh, just be selfish and single. <laughs> I'm only 22. So uh, I can, um, you know, enjoy my time while I've got it and just kind of work my ass off with HVAC and not have to worry about you know, going home being so busy all the time. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Um, no, it does. And, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's your choice. And I right. mean, that, that's a choice. A lot of people, uh, that's a choice. A lot of people, they, they want to experience life and, and their freedom mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and maybe later you'll change your mind, but right now you want right. to explore and work hard and, and basically um, make a mark in, in your career. And, and that's, that's, that's awesome. I think. Exactly. I think I want to work my career up and have maybe a cushier union controls job or something like that. Before I, I can't imagine being a pregnant HVAC technician right now <laughs> with all the installs I'm doing and rooftop yeah. jobs and stuff. So yeah. I applaud cool. the women that do it. So we need to talk about your career. I mean, how, how did, how did you, um, Hannah Daler get into HVAC. How did that all happen for you? So I popular or, uh, contrary to popular belief, I, uh, I don't have, um, a dad that did it or a grandpa that did it. I don't have any relatives or friends that were, uh, in the trades or anything. Um, and I've, I've always liked getting my hands dirty ever since I was a kid, but, um, 
I never really had uh, any family members or anything that kind of pushed me towards that. I actually was working fast food when I was like 19 years old and I hated it. Obviously, I wanted to find a career that I could actually settle in and, and build. And um, I, uh, in high school, I enjoyed woodworking and, and welding and things like that. And um, I actually found a, a job offer online. Uh, just I just happened to stumble across an ad that uh, said they were it was paid training, uh, paying for your EPA tests and all that jazz, um, uh, for HVAC. And, um, you know, I looked it up and I didn't really know what, I didn't know what HVAC stood for at the time. So I did a little bit of research there and, um, it seemed really interesting and, you know, it sounded like it's something I could get my hands dirty with. And so I just, uh, kind of gunned for it. And luckily I ended up falling in love with it and, it's, I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. I know that for a fact. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been a blast, honestly. And I would encourage anybody to get into it just because it's the, it, you're definitely never bored with HVAC. And I'm sure you yeah. know that. <laughs> no. Yeah. There, there's, there's always, there's always something going on. I, I mean, right. I know that I know the industry in general has taken a bit of a, a slowdown because, uh, mm-hmm because of COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that have struggled through this and and Mm -hmm. I've talked to a lot of them because their hours have been reduced or they've been laid off. Right. And that, 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 that's a shame. Uh, it really, it really is because I feel for those people because they got families to support and their selves to support. And, and, but as, as I think as a general whole of an industry, it's, we were considered essential during that time and we were able to work and a lot of us were able to go to work and, and continue working our, our job. But let me ask you, you said that you seen an ad for paid training. Is it like, where did you go to get yes, tra- I actually, training paid for? So I went to, um, this company, it's a local company called AB May and, um, they were offering just to start people totally green, you know, no idea what you're doing. And they call it a, the uh, quick start program, I think. And it was, it's really, it was a quick training program. They, and they, uh, it's four weeks long. You pass your EPA within the first two weeks of getting hired. And then you just do ride alongs with other technicians. And what they did was, uh, teach us just the strict basics of an HVAC system. And they teach you how to maintain and clean new equipment. And then they just throw you out in the field, uh, after four weeks. And it's just kind of a sink or swim situation. So either you can, um, you know, just learn as much as you can. And kind of, uh, what I would do is teach myself off the clock as well. Look up YouTube videos, you know, look, uh, uh, textbooks and things like that to go through. But, um, uh, you're just maintaining new equipment, stuff that shouldn't have anything wrong with it, just to familiarize yourself with how an HVAC system works. And mm-hmm. then when something is wrong with it, you would call a supervisor, call a senior technician, and they'll kind of help walk you through a repair. And if it's something that's just a little bit too complicated, then of course they would send another technician out. But that was their training structure was just throw you out and and see if you survive. You know? So, and the, because of that, I learned really, really quickly and I learned how to troubleshoot really quickly. And, um, I have a lot of appreciation for it because all of my training has been field training rather than a traditional trade school where the bulk of what you learn is, uh, it's book smarts and things like that. You know, you learn the science behind refrigeration and everything. But, um, I think almost anybody that would go to trade school, as soon as they get out in the field, everybody knows it's a whole different animal. So, um, I really appreciate that I'm not in any debt. I didn't have to pay for school or anything like that. And in fact, I got paid to learn. And um, 
uh, because of that, I learned and uh, was promoted really, really quickly, which I appreciate quite a bit. That that is cool, and yeah. the fact that you got thrown into the fire mm-hmm. there there is um, there's something to be said about that. It's it's and and you said you got to learn troubleshooting very quickly, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, there's <laughs> there's people that have been thrown into the fire uh, for five years and they still couldn't figure out troubleshooting. Right. So that, that, that is also a testament to you as well, that you were able to do that. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing about they've HVAC and these companies in general, there are quite a few companies in the Kansas city area that have the same structure and their turnover rate is ridiculous. Like they, they tell you it's sink or swim when you start and either it just sticks in your head or it doesn't. And so luckily, you know, it's stuck in my head. I can look up, equipment manuals. I can look up YouTube videos and things like that. But for some people, they come across a problem and just give up and it just doesn't stick. So because of that, the turnover rate is really high around here. But Mm -hmm. for the technicians that this does work out for this, you know, sink or swim thrown into the fire type thing, uh, they, they're really good technicians really quickly because they, they learn quick and they pick it up quick and they can troubleshoot. So now I've got experience with electrical, a little bit of plumbing, HVAC install, HVAC service, commercial and residential, a lot of multifamily stuff. Um, I've done uh, new construction, um, duct hanging, you know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I just, I'm kind of a huge mix now at this point because I'm just willing to challenge myself and, and take on anything that they throw at me, which is great. Yeah, that is super mm-hmm. cool that you're involved in in all of that um, right. so quickly. And and I and I was <laughs> last week we were going to do this interview, and you had uh, was it four ductless installs you had to do in, uh, in a in a day? It was four rooftop split systems. Oh, actually. four rooftop split systems. Sorry, yeah, I so. I just I just want to maybe my my mind just didn't all uh, good capture that right but that's that's still a lot of work in a day so you guys get all that done (laughs) yes we actually did um they ended up we had six people doing it and they told us just bust our asses and do as much as we can and that's what we ended up doing it was uh we started real early and ended up working real late but um we got it knocked out it's uh each um it was a multifamily job so each uh apartment is uh, up three flights of stairs and then you got to go through the roof hatch. And so you're going up and down and up and down and up and down all day. So it's exhausting, especially for four systems, but we got it knocked out. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so how many years are you into this now? Two, two, three years? Yep. I just passed my two year anniversary, uh, six days ago. So, I mean, you're, you're talking like you've been in this game for like like 10 years now, the, the, way you're, the way you're, the way you're rolling the terminology off the tongue. And I mean, it sounds like you've been around for, for quite some time. So good, good for you. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, uh, I was a little bit nervous. I'm with another company now than what I originally started with. I, I went towards more of the, um, commercial side of things. Cause that's what I enjoy a lot more. I like having a package unit, you know, everything's up in front of me and I love rooftops and heights and things like that. So I ended up going with another company and, um, they told me they'd be challenging me with anything. It's a, it's a fairly new company. So they're taking on a whole lot of different jobs cause they haven't quite, uh, found their niche yet. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. So pretty much anything that people throw at them will, will take it and get it done. So, um, mm-hmm. there have been quite a few new experiences just in the last year that I've been with this company, uh, that I didn't think I would be touching for 
years. You know, I, I never thought I would be doing new construction HVAC or anything like that. And that's what they're throwing at us. So it's still a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely never bored, whether it's a good day or a bad day, never bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said you like heights and mm-hmm. I'm, I seen a picture of you sit, sitting on like a, a ledge of a building that looked like it was like <laughs> yeah. 30 stories up. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, was that really as bad as it looked? Um, I'm actually, I'm not afraid of heights at all. So outside of work, one of my hobbies is rooftopping. So I have some friends that live in downtown Kansas city and I just, um, I have a few connections just from my job to like, uh, befriending a security guard at a building that I'm working at or somebody that'll give me roof access to something. And I love taking photos from the tops of roofs and it's just a, a little bit of a thrill getting to sit up on the edge and just watch the traffic go by. And, you know, all the little people that look like ants and stuff, I think it's great honestly there's just uh there's whatever um causes uh, people to be afraid of heights kind of like kind of like that sinking feeling in your stomach i just don't have it so i have a blast with it and it makes for some pretty cool pictures too (laughs) oh yeah of course it does i mean i i've been on a lot of roofs um in my day and Mm -hmm. i I've, i've been in a lot of roofs that are in like industrial areas and stuff and it's just like there's nothing around but old buildings and then you go to like the downtown city core like in like downtown mm-hmm. toronto area and you can get some fabulous um shots of the city and the mm-hmm. lake and everything like that and you you call it like rooftoping like is that yeah, is that just when you go on the roof and hang out is that what yeah that is? exactly that's what i call it it's just uh, i'll go rooftoping with my friends and uh we've got there's one guy that lives in downtown kansas city and there's just this, it's right on the edge of downtown so if you look mm-hmm. on one side of the roof you can see the river and the bridges and you can see really really far out all the way up to the airport which is miles and miles away from downtown kansas city but then if you look on the other side it's nothing but skyscrapers so it's just the best and uh so we know a resident that lives there and so he'll let us in and it's you know five or ten of us will just go up on the roof and have a few beers and just hang out take pictures and stuff and it's a blast honestly i have a lot of fun with it that's it's it's actually amazes me that like a security guard will let you up (laughs) onto the onto the roof because the 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 liability in that if you guys were to get hurt or you know what i mean jump off or something Mm -hmm. like that that's i find that i find that you must like you slip them like a 20 or something like that to let (laughs) you up there this one in particular that i'm referring to actually has a rooftop lounge so uh, it's an apartment complex that has a lounge up there um the other ones i go to it's security guard will will i'll be talking about the you know the view from the top or something or how much how much i want to see it he's like well you know we've got roof access if you want to see it for a couple minutes and so he'll hang out there with us like while we're on the job or okay um you know i've come back a couple times uh, after a job and asked if i can go up there and more often than not they're pretty chill about it just as long as you know don't do anything stupid (laughs) um but yeah, that one in particular that we like hanging out at actually has a lounge, which is nice. It's got couches yeah, and stuff up is, there. So that is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So somebody told me um, that you like to, it was actually Matt Waxer. Um, he goes by, oh, I'm so terrible with names, HVACR for life. Okay. Do you know who he is on Instagram? Uh, I believe so. You, I think I've talked to him on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he told mm-hmm. me that you're really into, um, going around and finding old HVAC things, like old, like things in buildings. Like, is that true? Yes. So yeah. So we got to talk, we got to talk about that. Absolutely. And I found so many treasures lately too. I I post some of them on my, um, on my HVAC Instagram, but the bulk of them go on uh, my Urbex Instagram and 
urbex stands for uh, urban exploration so okay. um that's what my friends and i do a lot and rooftoping is kind of part of that mm-hmm. uh, getting up on the roofs and stuff but um so i do a lot of research and i have a lot of uh, connections and friends in the city that uh, are aware of abandoned buildings and a lot of the times we'll just kind of wait until they get um to the point where nobody really cares about them where, Mm -hmm. you know, the doors are busted open or, you know, somebody takes a window out or something like that. And I'll just sneak in there and take some pictures. And I, I like doing it for the documenting aspect of it. Um, just the, the historical aspect. It's really cool to see places that have just been frozen in time and forgotten about. Um, I've gotten into hospitals and churches and schools and all sorts of stuff. But after I got into HVAC, my favorite thing and my goal in every single building is to find the room where they, the the mechanical room, you know, where they keep all the equipment. And sometimes it's rooftop units that have been gutted or, uh, you know, scrapped. But more often than not with the really old buildings, they have a boiler room and the boilers are always left behind. Nobody ever touches the boilers because they're super heavy. There's no copper on them or anything. So it's really, really cool to see those. Um, I found some that were from the 1940s the other day that were killer. They were huge and they had wrapped them in asbestos and stuff. It was just a a mess in there. Yeah, exactly. Got to wear a respirator and stuff like that. But um, so you actually wear a respirator when you go into these oh, absolutely. buildings? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's very that's very smart actually. Right. Right. Yeah. Really really safe about it. I'll bring fall protection sometimes if I need to. Um, you know, I never want to go anywhere that somebody actually cares about. So this there's some people in this uh it's kind of a hobby, I guess is what I would call it, but there's mm-hmm. some people that do this that are okay with they'll break and enter and stuff like that, which is, that's just not my, that's not my gig, you know? So I like going into places that have been open for a while. A lot of the times they're covered in graffiti and stuff like that, but I've noticed nobody ever messes with the HVAC stuff. So find boilers and chillers and things, but yeah, definitely got to be safe about it. Cause there's always, you know, something in there, whether the floors rotted out or there's asbestos a lot of the time or mold and stuff. So it's always good to bring masks and respirators and just be really safe about what you're doing bring partners, you know, we use walkie talkies sometimes, all sorts of stuff, but it's a lot of fun. It's definitely my favorite um, pastime outside of work. All right. So big announcement coming out of Testo and Measure Quick, and you're going to hear Hannah talking about Measure Quick later on in the podcast. So now 557 and 550 digital manifolds from Testo now work with Measure Quick. To make it even cooler, if you want to use your your smart probes with the digital manifold, like let's say you don't want to use the plug-in clamps that come with uh, the manifold. If you want to use your smart probes, now you can use your 557-550 with the smart probes and they'll link back to MeasureQuick and give you the readings that you're looking for. I thought that was pretty cool. And Testo has been one of the... Um, the, the 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 front runners that originally started out with Measure Quick, so it's it's just due time that this has happened. Another announcement, which I've mentioned before, up until August 30th, if you buy a Navac pump, one of their qualifying pumps, you got to go on navacglobal.com to check it out. You will receive free gifts, large diameter hoses, core removal tool. Go check that stuff out. Buy the pump. You show proof of purchase. You get your free gifts. 
I thought that was pretty cool since we're trying to pull vacuums with bigger hoses these days for more efficiency. And, and trust me, it is way more efficient to do it this way. Um, go check that stuff out. Something very cool that I picked up this morning. Now, there's a supplier, and I got to give them a shout out Ben Air Temp in Brampton, Ontario, here that gets some of my deliveries um, from AC Tool Source. AC Tool Source, they, they basically distribute refrigeration technology stuff, yellow jacket stuff, and now stuff for cool air products in Canada. And Shane, my buddy Shane over there, he sends the stuff over to Ben Air in Brampton and I pick it up on my way into work. So shout out to John at Ben Air for allowing that to happen. But today I picked up the jet gun from Ercom. I always get, I always struggle with how to say that word. Ercom, Aircom, Ericom. It's E-R-R-E-C-O-M. Anyway, Cooler Products distributes their products around North America. Now, this is a jet gun. It's a battery-powered coil cleaner. Zero cord. Um, there's three bags that are, I believe, a gallon each. You fill them up with water, um, two bags with water, one with coil cleaner, whatever you want to do. And then it's battery powered and there's an optional five hour battery that you can purchase with it. So I, it's still in the box. I haven't opened it yet. So I'm going to open it. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to check it out, but I can see many, many places where you could use this, uh, ductless split evaporators in walk-in coolers, cleaning those evaporators, remote units on cell phone towers or, or, um, electrical, uh, like hydro containers that you see out in the boonies, there's all kinds of uh, applications I can think to use a battery-powered coil cleaner where you don't have to run a hose or a cord. Anyway, we'll get into that in a bit. So, guys, Blue One, they've hit around 12,000 or so techs using the app, and it's about 1,000 a month. They're growing at a rapid pace. So if you guys haven't downloaded Blue One yet, it's a super cool app. Many, many unit manuals on their conversion instructions, and now they've added a bid function where it just gives you like a, a starting point to bid on on a job. Like for, for example, I pulled up a, uh, a unit the other week and it gives you the estimated hours and amount of refrigerant in pounds that you would need for that unit. It just gives you an idea, right, of, of, of where to start off when quoting. So there's that. And obviously True Tech Tools, 8% off your purchase, right, with promo code know-it-all always always in effect except for fluke and fleer so guys let's get back to hannah right now yeah that would be mm-hmm. like i mean i mean i'm glad you're doing it like safely like pe- bringing people walkie talkies respirators and fall protection all that. that's actually very very smart of you to do that but that would almost be like a rush to go into these buildings and like because you don't know what you're going to find in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, exactly. You there, could, there could be a home, there could be a, a load of homeless people sleeping yep. in the basement that could attack you. Like you, you have no idea, right? <laughs> There's definitely you don't know a huge rush in there. it. And I have yeah. run into homeless people more than once. More often than not, they're, they're really friendly and they're just wondering what you're doing. Okay. But uh, sometimes they're a little bit like I, I went to new Orleans to go urbexing, which is just new Orleans is, is full of it because of Katrina. There's mm-hmm. a ton of buildings that were left behind. Yeah. Um, and 
two or three times I, I've walked into somewhere and there were people that are just a little bit, you can tell they're not happy to see you there. So you, you just leave real quick. You know, you don't, you don't bother with it, but more often than not, people are fairly friendly. And I actually had one guy, um, he let me into a building and just showed me around all over the place. And these apartments had been abandoned since like the 1970s. They're in the middle of Kansas city. And, uh, I guess he was living in there, but, uh, he let me in and he's like, yeah, avoid this hallway. The floor's falling in and there's mold over here. So don't go over there and just watch for asbestos in the basement. <laughs> it's like, it's like I had a little tour guide or something, <laughs> but it's really nice to get, um, photos of places that have been, um, undisturbed for the most part. I've, I've found a few places that haven't been disturbed at all. And it's really just frozen in time, um, that I found an old farmhouse in Kansas, uh, this still had clothes in the closets and shoes. There was still food in the deep freeze and oh, wow. yeah, all sorts of stuff. It was really, really weird because the place that, that had would, obviously, that would, would kind of creep me out. Actually. Yeah, it was, it was pretty creepy because the place had obviously been vacant for years and years and years, but there mm -hmm. was still a car parked in the barn. It was an old Thunderbird and all sorts of just weird stuff in there. But, and the places like that, a lot of the times you can't figure out what happened with those, you know, with big commercial buildings, you can look at property history and, um, you know, the things like that and uh, who, why it was sold, why it's still vacant and stuff. But with houses that have just been sitting out rotting away, you can't, you don't know what happened. It's just a mystery. So some of the fun of it is my boyfriend and I make up stories about what happened and what we think may have happened. We make up names for the people that could have lived there and stuff. <laughs> I think it's fun. <laughs> you, you could actually, um, if, if you're documenting all this, you could actually write a book. I mean, that would yeah. be, that would be like, cause it sounds like this thing has a name, Herb, Herbexing, Urban mm -hmm. Exploring. So it sounds like you're not the only one that's into this. If it's got a name, unless mm -hmm. you named it yourself, like, I don't know, did you name this yourself or did, nope. or was this a thing already? Nope. I'm actually in a group I joined. So I've been doing this for six or seven years now since I was a teenager. Um, All right. And I didn't know that there was a name for it at the time, but I recently joined a group mostly for safety purposes, that and for locations and stuff like that. Um, there's a big group in Kansas City called KC Urbex, and that's what they do. It's like a big club of people that get together and, you know, find uh abandoned places and old grain silos and factories and churches and all sorts of stuff. And uh, we meet up together and discuss the safest way to get in and uh, make sure, you know, like the legality of the situation and stuff like that uh, before we go in. And then we go in and document, take photos and everything. And their motto is take only photos, leave only footprints. So they're kind of like secretive with who they let in. Yeah. Um, you know, the person has to be trustworthy and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so there's actually a, a big community of it. And there's communities I've found out recently in pretty much every major city in the world, there's an urban exploration community. So I think it would be really cool to have a maybe a photo book or something like that, uh, that I could get all my photos printed and put together and just a little bit about each location that I go to. I think that would be really, really cool. I've entertained the idea of it, but haven't gone much with it. You know, haven't gone very far with it. But um uh, I think the idea of that would be awesome. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would like that, whether they're into urban exploration or not. I think there's a sort of morbid curiosity with how things look when they've been left behind for decades, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds super interesting to me. Like I would, I, now that now I want to look more in, <laughs> into this. So what, what's your, what's your IG handle for that? Yeah. It's a uh, urbex.usa. 
such as Urbex period USA. So it was Urbex KC, but, um, I recently got a, uh, a hookup with one of my buddies that works for uh, United Airlines. He gave me his, um, they call it a companion pass, um, which is basically just discounted or free flights all over the place. Um, wow. You're, you're kind of last on the list. Uh, so if the flight fills up, you don't get to fly. Um, so that you're considered like a non-priority traveler. But right now with COVID and over the last few months, all the flights are empty. So taking precautions, um, I've been flying all over the United States to Urbex, go Urbexing. I've gone to Albuquerque, uh, Vegas, Chicago, New Orleans, uh, Phoenix. I went to LA last weekend just to, uh, I'll look up locations there that people discuss on forums and stuff like that. And then I'll just go and see if I can photograph it. So it's been a lot of fun. But um, so yeah, I had to change it to Urbex USA because I've been going all over the place for it. You you've been all around the countryside. That right. is that that's amazing. You get to see the country while you do this too. So. Yes, it's so much that, fun. I feel very super blessed. Super cool. Mm-hmm. So I think let's let's um let's go back to your your HVAC career for uh for a few minutes here. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I think that um, I think we owe the listeners a little bit of your your HVAC life since, since it's the HVAC know-it-all podcast anyway. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So like what, what does a day in the life of you consist of? Like what, like, do you go to the shop, you get a dispatch from home? Um, and then are you doing service calls? Obviously you're doing installations because of the one you did last week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what kind of buildings are you going to? You doing like strip malls, you doing warehouses, you doing, like what, what, what's your day consist of on, so, on a regular basis? A day in the life for me is definitely uh, totally different every single day. Um, it's very, very rare that I have multiple days in a row where I'm doing the same thing or something similar. But my uh, favorite thing to do is service. And my company knows that. Um, I love troubleshooting and fixing. Um, so more often than not, they'll keep me on service. Um, typically, we have technicians that install and then we have service techs and we keep them separate. But when we get really mm-hmm. busy on install, then I'll go over and help install too. But um, I get dispatched from home in the morning. Um, sometimes it's, there have been times I start at 6 a.m. There have been times I've been doing uh, overnight demo work and stuff. Uh, but more often than not, I start around 8. And um, they usually let me know the day before what they have planned for me in the morning. And uh, I'll get dispatched from home and head on out. And usually I'm just uh, fixing stuff. So lately, the last couple months, I've been doing a lot of multifamily work. Um, So apartment complexes, townhouses, uh, you know, condos, big buildings like that. Um, And it's a, a lot of HVAC work. Every once in a while, they'll throw a plumbing call or an electrical call at me just to see if I can handle it. And more often than not, it's something simple, you know, like, uh, installing a water heater or, um, somebody's, uh, they lost power in half their apartment or, or something. So I can go take a peek at that and see what's going on. But, uh, more often than not, I'm just fixing air conditioners right now. And that's what I love doing personally. So a lot of rooftops, um, cause apartment complexes around here usually keep their air conditioners all together up on the roof, but they're just regular, you know, residential style split systems. Um, but, uh, I have, um, some construction, Jobs planned as well. Uh, we just won a contract 
uh, out in Overland Park, which is about 20 minutes west of Kansas City, out in Kansas, and uh, we'll be hanging a lot of uh, ductwork and stuff like that. So they'll have pre-installed cooling towers and uh, fan boxes and stuff, but we'll be hanging all of the exposed spiral duct for it. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be that's one of those jobs where I'll be doing the same thing every day for a month or two, probably. Um, but right now I'm on call. So, uh, we are Fingers on call. Crossed. Yeah. Right. So we're on a, an on-call rotation once every, uh, five weeks for a week. And so 24 hours a day, I could be, you know, going out and I could fix somebody's flooding apartment. I could help with an electrical issue, HVAC, anything like that. So it's definitely different every single day, but the bulk of what I do is, uh, fix residential style, multifamily air conditioners. Okay. So mm-hmm. since you're, since you're on the service side and you like that mm-hmm. part of the industry, what are you using? Like, uh, the new fancy gadgets, like the digital gauges and all that kind of stuff. Or are you like I old sure school? Am. I you? actually, you- so I have three sets of analogs that I keep on me at all times. Mm-hmm. I still use them almost every day because I feel like if I grow dependent on digital gauges, uh, I'll get soft. If that makes sense. I, uh, I won't, I won't be able to do the math in my head with subcooling and superheat anymore um, if I don't keep my mind fresh uh, mm-hmm. using analog and using a superheat chart and things. But more often than not, I do use my uh, field piece uh, probes. I've got the job link probes and I absolutely okay. love those. Yeah. Um, they're just, oh, they're the best. <laughs> it's really I nice. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I just, I haven't tried any field piece stuff to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. What do you use? Um, I've got, uh, Testo five, five, seven manifold and smart probes. And I mm-hmm. also have, I was actually using it today. It's a yellow jacket P 51 dash eight And they just came out with, um, wireless temperature straps. Um, a Y Jack do is what it's called. It's basically like a, a temperature humidity sensor, right? That's, oh, nice. that's basically what it is. And, what else do they have with that? They got the Y-Jack path, which is like a, a signal repeater. So if you're walking far away with your phone or whatever, mm-hmm. you drop that halfway in between and it, re- it it picks up the signal and then bounces it back Ooh, to your phone. Smart. So I was, us- I was using that today and, and I was actually, it was, it, was, it was enjoyable because a lot of, a lot of these tools, when they first started coming out, there's a lot of connectivity issues and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. sometimes they would you you'd link them to your phone and they'd drop out and you'd walk you'd walk a few feet away they'd drop out or there was a gust of wind or something but things are getting much much better now and i found that today that these things connected right away as soon as i turned them on as soon as i turned on the app they were they were there boom um turned each one off each device off gone each one back on Mm -hmm. let with the app still up on my phone and they were instantly back within a couple of seconds. So it was a good experience using that stuff. Right. uh, Absolutely. Today. And I mean, what else do I use? Um, I'm I'm obviously I'm working with a lot of the NAVAC stuff because I'm working with, Mm -hmm. with NAVAC right now and their stuff is in incredible to, to be honest with you, like their battery powered vacuum pumps. I'm jealous. Honestly, I've always wanted to try one. Yeah. It, it it just kind of takes your game to another level just because the argument when they first come out was, well, I'm running a cord anyway for my recovery unit. Why would I need a, va- a battery powered vacuum pump? And basically 
here's a here's a perfect example for you. I was working on a, uh, I believe this was a 15 ton condensing unit, and I had a semi hermetic compressor in it, and we were having oil return issues with it. So I had to isolate the compressor. I had to pull the oil pump out and check it. And then I put it back together. Now I got a system that's filled with gas, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't have to recover anything and just the compressor to pull a vacuum on nothing Mm -hmm. else, just the compressor. So I brought my, this was before I had the four CFM. I brought the two CFM vacuum pump up and boom, I I pulled the vacuum down and and I used the true blue hoses with it. And I pulled Mm -hmm. the vacuum down and, I don't know, probably like 10 minutes or so yep. just on the compressor. And, and, and I didn't have to run a cord. I didn't have to bring up a heavy vacuum pump and it, it was beautiful. So th- that is one really good scenario where you could use that vacuum pump. Yeah, absolutely. I think another scenario, even like for residential techs, if you're just swapping out an evaporator coil, you mm-hmm. pump you pump the refrigerant back into the condenser and close off your service valve. So you don't need a recovery machine for that, mm-hmm. you know? And so it would be so much nicer not to have a, to lug a vacuum pump. And especially for me, I work on so many rooftops. Everything has to be lugged up flights of stairs and through a roof hatch. More often than not, it's an, an external roof hatch. So you don't take elevators to the top or anything. So to me, as little weight as possible, that's that's what I tried. I just bought a, a telescopic ladder that's a lot cheaper and a lot uh, lighter than my giant, you know, ten foot fiberglass ladder that I've been lugging around everywhere. Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, I, I want it as little as possible, as light as possible. Because I always have to lug a lot of equipment to the roof. So if there's any chance that I don't have to carry my super heavy old bullet vacuum pump up to the roof, I would absolutely do that. So I think it's incredibly smart and. Um, I don't know why anybody would be resistant to that, honestly, especially with th- the true blue setup too. It's, I've been yeah. able to see that firsthand and it's just ridiculous how much that speeds up the vacuum process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know people that um, went out and they were like some of the first people to get that two CFM mm-hmm. vacuum pump and they report back that um, they're pulling down two or three residential brand new installs. Like, mind you, they're not old systems with like nasty oil and Mm -hmm. maybe moisture that's been in there for years, but they're brand new systems pulling um, just a vacuum on the piping and the evaporator. And they're doing like three systems on one battery charge. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's really good for brand new installs as well, especially if there's, there's smaller installs. Um, and I, and I found that the four CFM, I mean, that's two CFM bigger, obviously mm-hmm. is the, you, you can take it up a notch. You can do bigger systems, a longer pipe run because you're moving more, um, more of those contaminants out faster. So yeah, I, I find, I find value in, in the battery powered pump. It's just whether or not you, you can get your company to, to fork out for it, or if you have mm-hmm. to buy your own or if you're going to fork out for it. So, I mean, that's right. It's kind of the thing you have to balance. Can I afford it? Can I not? If you can't afford it, I'm telling you right now, it's they are good tools. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to have to look into it. Um, typically, companies are, at least around here, it's they buy you what uh, you need. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the bells and whistles usually you get out of pocket. So like my probes, to them, they'll buy analog gauges. They'll buy, you know, temperature clamps and things like that. But 
um, my probes, I, I forked out out of pocket for just for the, the convenience. And mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous how much it speeds up my jobs because I use the, uh, the measure quick app with them, which is just, if you have everything synced up, how it's supposed to be, it gives you a nice little concise list of what it thinks might be wrong with the system. Look at you you even is, using measure quick too, uh, keeping up with the quick. times. It's the best, <laughs> honestly. And I'm trying to get all these old heads in my company <laughs> to start using it. Oh, they'll, they'll never they're use all, it, man. Come no, on. Oh my gosh. I try so hard. I'm I'm like, look, it's, it's just so convenient. You just click on your little red flag and it tells you everything that's wrong with it. <laughs> it's the best. And I try not to rely too much on it because I don't want to get lazy. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's seven o'clock and I've been sweating my ass off all day fixing air conditioners, I, I really value being able to just hook up, look at that real quick, think, okay, my airflow might be low or my condenser's probably really dirty. Let me look at that. Let me pop it. You get on my hose and hose it off and then see what it looks like. You know, it's it's a, a big difference to me to be able to have something that backs up the numbers and able to, you know, describe and help troubleshoot with me. I really like that. That app is just invaluable to me. Yeah. It's, it's a verification tool really right. for like, if, if I think that if I was an apprentice, cause when I was an apprentice, I was terrified to call people for help because I didn't know what the, what the other end of the phone Mm-hmm. would do like i don't know if it would start jumping at me or like you know what i mean because <laughs> i don't know the mood of the person that's going to answer so if i could if i could have used that back in the day to verify mm-hmm. sort of what i thought because it would probably tell me what i was thinking is totally wrong because i was a dumbass <laughs> back then trying to figure everything out right it would have been mm-hmm. like you're a dumbass that's not what's wrong yeah i'd be like i'd be like i would i would i would have loved that tool back then for the, so for the people coming in to the trade now stuff like this is valuable for them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, though, sometimes put it down and think for yourself, right? Yes. Just so you don't get stale and, and just so you don't, um, lose, lose the, the, the brain function of how things are supposed to work. It's just like the, the old saying, like, if you want to keep one of the, one of the practices you can do as, uh, to keep your brain function or activity going up, is take a, a whole brand new way to work one day. Let's say you go to work and it's the same drive every every mm-hmm. day, half an hour, you go this way. Take a whole new different way. Now your brain wakes up because you're like, oh man, now I got to pay attention. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know this light. I don't know what happens here, right? So it's just like, wake up your brain every once in a while mm-hmm. and put put those things down and allow yourself to think. I, I agree with that. Right. And that's why I, I still pull out my analog gauges fairly regularly just to, you know, just to keep my head fresh. And it is kind of nice to see the needle bouncing around on those and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure I have my numbers where I pull out my own superheat chart on paper and calculate superheat is that, you know, through analog rather than digitally, because if I have it calculated for me constantly, eventually I'm just going to forget what I need to calculate superheat. So um, I think it's really, really smart to keep your your head on straight and, and keep your mind fresh with especially stuff like this, because you and I both know there's uh, it's constantly changing every day and there's always something new to learn. There's always new equipment to work on and there's always a new problem at hand. So um, it's good to keep the basics fresh in your head, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So what other apps are you using that you find helpful if you're using any? Um, I use check charge a lot. Okay. I think check charge is fantastic, Never especially if I'm going uh, analog, if I'm not using a superheat sheet. I love that app because it's really simple. And I really, really like the um, the airflow um, 
addition that they've added to it where you put in your temperatures, your wet bulb, your dry bulb and everything. It'll tell you if your airflow is too low, too high, um, you know, what you should be checking. I think that's fantastic. But as far as apps go, those are actually the only two apps that I use for HVAC is just measure quick and check charge. Check charge. Who's, who mm-hmm. makes that? Is that made by like a um, manufacturer? Emerson actually. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, Emerson makes another good one that you probably want. It's called Copeland Mobile. Oh, I have. I yep. I've seen a few posts about that one, and I've been meaning to download it. Um, that's your uh your compressor checker, right? Um, it's it's got a bunch. Like say, um, like the Copeland uh, compressors, the scrolls, and that they got like the barcode on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either type in the number or you can scan it. I find sometimes the scanner doesn't work on like a hundred percent of the times. You got to get it in the like the correct position. Mm-hmm. Um or it doesn't work but when the tool does work that way it's great but you can you can type it in manually too mm-hmm. but you can bring up um anything that has to do with that compressor the the oil nice. amount um the crankcase heater part number uh just the 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 voltage the amperage every everything that you need to know about that compressor you can bring it up sweet it's, yeah it's, it's, it's valuable that, i i used yeah, it absolutely. when i was tr- um what was the last time i used it the last time I used it, I changed a uh, a compressor at a pharmaceutical building, mm-hmm. and the way f- the way pharmaceutical I don't know if, it, if it's like this everywhere, but in the ones I've been in, it is. So if you change if you have an existing piece of equipment, and you change a part on it, that part has to be identical. It has to be absolutely identical, and if it's not, they got to do this thing called a. Uh, Jeez, what's the name of it again? An asse- a risk assessment. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just basically covering everybody's ass, right? So let right. let's say I, I get a compressor and the model number is X Y Z, um, and the new compressor is X Y X. Well, those are not identical. Those are like they call them like for like. So if it's like for like, they have to do an assessment on that. So. I changed a, a compressor and then I changed it with the exact same one, mm-hmm. right? But there was one number at the end of the model that was different. I think it was just like the series or whatever. It, it's But it was the exact same compressor, exact mm-hmm. same size, footing, uh, connection sizes, everything. So I went on Copeland Mobile and I put the two model numbers in and I screenshotted um, voltage, tonnage, like it had and everything matched up the two compressors and I, and I, and I sent it to the, uh, the people cause they were asking for it. That was the last time I use it and it came in really handy for that. Right. So that would count as your risk assessment. There is being able to just put it all in the app and send it in and say, yes, this is safe. This is, uh, this matches well, that up one wasn't actually out. a risk, a risk assessment. Cause it was uh, identical. Oh, I see what so, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So if, if it's identical, mm-hmm. um, there is no risk assessment, but let's say you changed mm-hmm. a filter dryer, um, and it was, and then you wanted to upgrade the filter dryer to a bigger size just because, um, you, you just felt like the systems had crap in it and, and this little tiny filter dryers on there and you want to upgrade it to a bigger size dryer. Right. Well, that's not identical. That's, they call it like for like, there's going to be mm-hmm. a risk assessment on that. Even though you're a professional, they should trust you. It's just part of the paperwork and you yeah. have to do, you have to go through it. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, the Copeland mobile app proved to them that 
the two compressors were identical. Gotcha. And if I never, if I never had that information, mm-hmm. I would have been online searching, calling, hey, can you guys email me this? Or you know what I mean? So right, it was so like, much a, more it was work. like a, yeah, it was like a two minute thing and it, it was mm-hmm. done. Well, sweet. I actually, I saw something the other day, a little ad and I was in a, a CD Jones supply house. I was trying to find a control board and he was looking up a little manual because the control board I was replacing was from 1988. So I knew they didn't manufacture that exact same thing anymore. So I needed to find what, what's it replacement, what the replacement was for it. And uh, he had a little chart that he pulled out to see what model numbers uh, translate to the new model numbers for these White Rogers control boards. And um, I actually saw an ad. They have an app as well that you can put in any old part number for anything, and it'll tell you the part number of the replacement part that they have manufactured for it, Mm -hmm. which to me, I think that's super valuable because... I can't even tell you how many times I've sat on hold with tech support or sat on hold with somebody to try to find something that matches up or, um, you know, a, a universal that would actually work. Cause there have been multiple times where I put in a universal board that doesn't actually <laughs> work and you have to make some modifications to get it to work. But, um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty valuable to have an app that's, uh, just kind of has all the information stored for you. Yep. Just a lot less work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a digital age and one more mm-hmm. app that you should probably have because, it used to be called the refrigerant slider app. Um, Dan Foss I've makes heard it. that one. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm telling you right now, it's the best um, PT chart you're ever going to have pressure temperature chart you're ever going to have. Um, mm-hmm. And then what they've done is they've, they've upgraded it to the ref tools app. And now it's mm-hmm. five apps in one. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I've, I've got it open right now. And I, I actually, I actually was graced. Like I was, I was, um, graced to be able to write an article a troubleshooting article for rses journal mm-hmm. um and i used and the, the the call it was funny because i documented this call i usually document all my calls with video or pictures or or whatever and they're like can you do an article on troubleshooting and i'm like oh, i don't and they, they needed it within like a few days i'm like yeah it's gonna be tough to get that in a few days and i'm like oh hey what about that call i did the other day that was that's a good one and I actually had a screenshot of me looking up what um, my saturation and pressure should be for what it usually is. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to send them that too. And so that that screenshot shot is part of the article because um, mm-hmm. it's a really good refrigerant slider. And included in that, there's like the load uh, GWP tool for refrigerant, spare parts finder, but that's just for Danfoss equipment. There's a, a cool troubleshooter actually. Um, when you pop it open, it actually shows you a color-coded uh, diagram of a refrigeration unit or whatever, just air conditioning refrigeration, Ooh, same I thing. Like and then it's got little dots. And then you, like, for instance, you pop on the, the compressor dot, and then it says compressor uh, pressure control system. You hit on the compressor, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of scenarios, compressor too cold, too hot. Um, compressor cycling runs constantly and then you, you just keep going deeper and deeper and it gives you scenarios of what might be wrong. Oh, okay. So, I've got the app open right now. I just downloaded it. Yeah. It's, 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 that's, that's a pretty cool one. Oh, that's so cute. I like the visual with it, honestly, like they didn't have to do this, but I mm-hmm. really appreciate that they did. You know? Yeah. That's nice. Well, there's all sorts so of stuff I use, I find I use the refrigerant slider um, uh-huh. quite a bit on that one. Yeah, that's convenient, honestly. 
I've seen these on paper a couple times, but there's only so much you can do on paper. And this has, well, Jesus, it's like every type of refrigerant that's ever been created. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Well, shoot, I'm going to have to start using this. Yeah. Yeah. Grab the, the Copeland Mobile one, too. And mm-hmm. I'm going to check out this this charge checker um, later yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Or, it's or, a or, really sorry, good... Check yeah, check charge. It's a really good, just super simple app. But that's what they tell all of the um, in my company, all the helpers and all the they call them tech ones, the people that are starting out green, they tell them to download that and just familiarize themselves with it. Because it's very, very simple. And mm-hmm. very straightforward. It's just it yeah. asks you a few questions and then tells you what it should be, you know, add charge, remove charge. That's it's just gives you your superheat and subcooling and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can change the amount of or the, you can change the type of refrigerant on it and everything. We typically just work with R22 and 410A. But um, I've had a couple MO99 ones, had a couple uh, 407C ones. But uh, it's just a really good little digital superheat chart, basically. And um, it helps them learn really quickly how to calculate superheat and subcooling, um, which is nice because this is a really complicated trade and mm-hmm. you know if it something needs to be simplified then absolutely by all means so before we head out i just mm-hmm. got one more thing and then uh and then i will let you go for the evening and you can prep your meal for tomorrow if that's what you got <laughs> to do um so you are probably i've lost count but you're this you're actually the second female guest in a row mm-hmm. um on the podcast um so that tells me that we're we're having this rise in in the in females in the trades, which is very very cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that I like to ask you guys is how how the others like the other guys in the trade are treating you as as you're coming into the trade. Like, is is it like an awkward thing, or they've been really cool with you? Have you had any horror stories or anything like that? I think for the most part. Um, I'd say the vast majority of tradesmen are super stoked to see women in the trade and not in like a weird, creepy way. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. They think it's really, really great to see women Mm -hmm. getting into it because at this point it's, it just seems like it's about time, you know, it's with way overdue. I think we need more blue collar women in every aspect of the word, you know, whether it be automotive or HVAC or plumbing or electrical or appliance or anything like that. Um, so I think guys, for me, my personal experience, for the most part, guys have been really, really welcoming and super chill. Um, I'll have a couple, I've had a few situations where people have, I call them microaggressions, you know, just where they think that I can't lift something or, um, they think I need help with something that I definitely don't need help with. But I think that's, it just comes from a, a being uneducated or I wouldn't necessarily say ignorant, but, um, you know, just the, how men and, and women too, how we're raised thinking about the, the two genders and, and traditional gender roles and everything like that. There have been a few situations where they don't expect me to be able to do something that I'm more than capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think honestly, and this was really surprising to me when I did get into the trades, the worst um, people as far as uh, being resistant to having women in the trades are typically to me, older women. 
uh, elderly women have been, I've had a couple really, really nasty women that just say, this is a man's job. This is not a woman's job. What are you doing out here? You know, you're crazy. So, and it's just, you know, it's, it's old school and they were raised in a totally different time. So I get it. Um, I've had some old women that are just stoked because in their time that was completely unheard of. You, there were no women in the trades. There were no blue collar women. So they like to see women doing it now, but um, a lot of the people that I've noticed that are resistant to it are actually women, which kind of makes me sad, but more often than not, we can sit down and have a conversation about it and end up being, you know, on good terms. And I like educating anybody I come across, you know, about how it's about time. I like talking to young girls and I've had girls message me, uh, that are in high school that are thinking about getting into the trades and they're like, Oh, is it a good idea? Is it worth it to you? And my answer is always absolutely. You know, i the more, the better, honestly, I absolutely love to see women getting into any blue collar field, honestly, because it it takes a lot to be able to, uh, get into something that not a lot of people get into, you know, they call us unicorns and stuff and be able to succeed with it and not feel like you're poking out like a sore thumb, even though more often than not you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've I've even seen the opposite in going the other way. Like, um, Mm -hmm. Like my wife was a, an early childhood educator, ECE, mm-hmm. I guess. They, I don't know if they call it that where, where you are, but um, there, there started to be predominantly like a woman's job, usually like it's, mm-hmm. as, a, as a daycare teacher, but there's a lot of um, men that are starting to move into that role too. So there's like a lot of like um, crossing going on in, in the professions where uh, predominantly women profession and predominantly men professions are like crossing over and, and, and we're, we're shifting. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not just happening with, with women coming to the yeah. trades. It's happening with men going to jobs that women usually do too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to see it, you know, anything non-traditional, I just think is awesome, you know, and, uh, You're just following your passion, in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is that men getting into nursing and things like that, it's, it's really, really great to see, uh, men taking more traditional caretaker roles and things and, uh, you know, service roles. But, uh, I, I think no matter what, if it's what makes you happy, no matter what it is, just stick with it, just do it. You know, it, it doesn't matter what anybody says or anything like that. Just, you know, the, the, with this, I, I never thought that I would be able to be talking to you right now on a podcast or, you know, my Instagram is, is starting to blow up a little bit. And I, I just absolutely love it. I've met so many people because I chose to stick with this profession and because I love it so much. So it's great to see, and you know, any women that want to get into blue collar, any men that wanted to get into something a little bit more uh, traditionally on the female side, absolutely. Just do whatever makes you happy. Cool. Mm-hmm. So your Instagram for, HVAC is Hannah does HVAC. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. Awesome. Nice so and that's easy. Where, <laughs> that's where people can go follow you and check mm-hmm. out your your daily shenanigans in the HVAC world. You got it. Awesome. Okay. So Hannah, thank you very much. That was uh, that was incredible. Oh, it was great to be talking to you. Thank you so much. And it was great to meet you. Even if it was digitally, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. You take it easy and have a, have a good night. Thanks. You as well. You know, I was thinking about this after the podcast interview was over and I was listening to the interview driving into work because I I always do that. I I always listen to the interview when I'm driving into work just to make sure everything's on point. There's nothing missed. There's no, there's no weird kind of sounds or, or things I need to edit out. And 
Hannah, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, which I hope you are, I think you're going to own your own business one day. Because listen, you can convince a security guard to let you on the roof of the building. You have a buddy that gives you free flights all across the USA. You must be some badass type negotiator. And that's a skill. Negotiation is a skill. And when you're in business for yourself, you need to know how to negotiate with customers. You need to know how to negotiate with your employees, uh, with, with your vendors, like the suppliers and all that kind of stuff. And this thing with the urban exploration, I think that is one of the coolest things ever. And I'm glad you're doing it safe. And I bet you there's a lot of people listening going, Hmm, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to try this out because if you're looking for sort of an, an adventure in your life and you have the time, you don't have a family yet, or you don't have kids, or maybe you're older and, and you're looking for something to do. That could be something that you could get into. Who knows? But very, very cool. And I appreciate the interview. Very cool stuff. You're going places 100%. But I'm out, guys. I'm on holiday again. Second week in the summer. Imagine that. I'm on holiday again. I'm going to enjoy myself next week. I'll still try to get a podcast out for you maybe like a little solo one anyway guys enjoy i'm out happy hvacking hope you enjoyed the show follow hvac know it all on instagram facebook youtube tiktok twitter linkedin and anywhere else gary feels like popping up this has been a two smokes and a coffee production